listening to Salam Doll, the podcast where Muslim women don't fit the stereotypes, we break them. I'm your host, Zara Pedersen. You can find this episode and the full archive of all the episodes on zarapedersen.com. Welcome to the show. Salam Doll and welcome back to another episode of this podcast. I am so excited to be sitting down and recording yet another episode for you guys and bringing you yet another badass Muslim woman today. So today's guest is Jennifer Ogunyemi. Jennifer is a business owner. She's an author, a business mentor, a speaker, and a mother and a wife, because clearly this woman has got all the energy in the world. She is the founder of Sisters in Business, which is the biggest award-winning network of Muslim businesswomen in the UK. Sisters in Business aims to support women from all walks of life on their entrepreneurial journey. And I think I can quite confidently say that she is succeeding at that. I am so excited to sit with Jennifer because I have known her since pretty much the beginning of her journey with this network and I saw so much potential in it from day one. In fact, I even said to her as well, I'm so sad that I didn't think of this because I think it's such an amazing idea. But to be fair, I couldn't have done it nearly as good as she has. So clearly God chose the right one for this one. Anyway, I am so excited to bring you this episode and you will know this because during this episode I lose my ish a couple of times and I just like oh my god sis preach I can't I cannot hide my excitement this girl is on fire so without further ado ladies please help me welcome to the podcast Jennifer Salaam alaikum Jennifer how are you Welcome salam I'm fine thank you I'm so happy that you could be here today on the podcast thank you for having me honestly it's an honor um before we go into anything I just have to say that you was my first guest on my <laughs> platform and I have to honor that because you believed in a, in, in a dream before it even became what it is now so it's a, of course it's an honor for me to be here with you Oh, thank you so much. It's so funny because you reminded me of that. And I honestly, I couldn't even remember it. Like, I was like, did honestly, I? You know what? Do you know why we remember? We laugh about it to this day because of my daughter and your dog. Do you remember? Oh, How my God, yes. <laughs> I do now. And that so, every time, if I'm going to, like, if I'm trying to get my husband to remember, I'll be like, Don't, you know, the sister with the dog and our daughter. And he's like, oh. Yeah, (laughs) it was such an amazing it was so funny but again that you know you really really was you you was aboard on upon something that I'd started you was really early on and I hadn't really gone anywhere with it and you know I would always oh hey I I just remember you know meeting you and I'd be like I this this woman and her energy I mean world watch out I just knew it you know you're so driven and and so, you know, it's an energy thing. I'm a super huge energy believer. And I just, I when I feel a person's energy and I feel that ambition, that drive, that purpose, they want to do something, I'm fully on board. I believe, sell me what you have. I will buy it. Here's my money. <laughs> right, right. Honestly, and just like you, I'm all about energy and vibes and just making sure that we're in alignment with everything that's going on, you know? Mm-hmm. And it's, yeah, I've just, you're just you're just a friend like you know alhamdulillah it's such an honor to meet you at that time and even to be part of this now 
honestly it's such an honor oh thank you so much so um we could continue because you know sitting here just talking uh, sweeties to each other i'm good with that but i'm sure the listeners would like us to go into a little bit more detail about some other things so i've given a little rough in like introduction of who you are but i'd love for the listeners to get your words on like your journey and how you got to where you are today so um as you mentioned before my name is jennifer Ogunyemi. um i'm a mama to four um I um, I am an entrepreneur, as you said, but I like to call myself a serial entrepreneur because this is not a f- the first business and I'm sure it's not going to be the last, um, but for now it is the business. Um, and I think a lot of my work has been rooted in, you know, just making sure that the voices of Muslim women is amplified, but more importantly, entrepreneurial Muslim women is amplified mm. and it's shown in a way that isn't, you know, that it's never been shown on the TV, it's never been shown on social media. And it's just all about, you know, me being a Muslim woman, a visible Muslim woman, things tend to be a little bit more harder. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, unfortunately for the Muslim woman and entrepreneurship, it's a lot more difficult in the things that we can access and the things that we are able to facilitate and, you know, the workshops that we're able to go to just because of the restrictions in our religion. so yeah, that's what I've been doing for, you know, for a while. But most importantly, I think I'm just into building confidence, like, and building confidence of any woman, but more importantly, my Muslim sisters, but any woman and just ensuring that, you know, that we're always seen in the, in any space that we decide to take up. But we're seen eloquently, we're seen with dignity, you know, we're seen with much more than just the hijab or just the title of being a Muslim um mm. on us you know so yeah it's, it's been a while but yeah I'm super super um super thankful that I'm in this line of work I've met some amazing women just like yourself <laughs> I've met so many so yeah it's, it's been good alhamdulillah I'm so happy to hear about that and I think you already like just in that you've already touched on some things that I'm like oh my god I want to talk about that I want to talk about that um but before we do and we get into all of that um what year did you start um sisters in business particularly so I started sisters in business in 2017 2017 but the idea was born in 2016 Mm. So I had the idea, I had the conception. I was like, I told my friends, like, oh my God, I want to do this thing. And I wrote it in my iPhone notes, right? And what's funny is, you know, when Allah is ready to align things, mm. the same day that I hosted my very first workshop was the exact year before that I wrote it in my iPhone note. Oh, I love I that. Know. Like, it was like, <sighs> I was shook. When I went back yeah. and looked at it, I was shook. I was like, no way. Oh, I love that. You know, it's, oh, you know what? I, I, I can get so, oh, this lights me up, girl. Honestly, <laughs> I, was, I had used pimples. I was saying to myself, I was like, really? Like, when Allah's, you know, we have plans, isn't it? And mm-hmm. we, at that time, I just think I didn't have the confidence to go forward with it. I just thought because no one was doing it that no one would want it and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And I think it was just after the breakdown of my previous business that I was like, no. I have to do it. But I was so amazed at how the timelines really lined up with each other. Yeah. 
I, I'm I'm definitely of the of the belief that there are no coincidences. I don't believe in coincidences. I think we call it coincidences because we don't have faith right. in that there's a plan. And I really think, you know, that that to me is just such a huge sign. That is such a huge sign. And if I had if that had happened to me, oh, you wouldn't even understand. And like if 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 on that same day I saw eleven eleven or something, oh my <laughs> gosh! I mean, <laughs> I would. I'm I'm out there. I'm like I'm fully into it, and I fully I'm super spiritual around these things. So I believe that we're constantly getting these signs. So I think that that is such a beautiful sign because you clearly were meant to do this. You were clearly sent. This is a part of your purpose. So I think it's so beautiful, and I love that story. Thank you should you. have you written it down yet you know what I haven't actually I've just taken snapshots like you know when I just quickly snapped it in my thing and my husband was like you need to get this down properly because not everyone has a story yeah. like that that's it <sighs> okay we'll talk but I mean that's your Instagram <laughs> post tomorrow okay <laughs> <laughs> So um, when it comes to sort of like sisters in business, you know, because I think you already sort of you touched on it, but let's try and like get into like the nitty gritty of it, you know, with being an entrepreneurial sister, a, a Muslim woman, whether you're covered up or not, you know, going out there being branded a Muslim entrepreneur. Why is it so important for us that we have this network? Well, if we think about it, if, if we think about everything else that's going on, I feel like there's a lot of um, there's been a lot of light that's been shone upon underrepresented groups right so like black women you know the lgbt um community there's a lot that's been shone upon upon these underrepresented groups but for some reason muslim women always is still buried underneath that growth and mm. it was really important because the reasons why muslim women start their businesses is to feed their families so yeah. a lot of them are running their businesses like hobbies, but thinking it's businesses. And what I wanted to do was to affect the change of making the Muslim women understand that her business can be a big business. It could be a multi-million business rather than her always thinking that her business was just a side thing or a side hustle. And, you know, part of that work also means that, you know, dismantling some of the beliefs that we have around as Muslim women and the roles that we have in society, in the home and, you know, within the workplace and the and having a business is really mm. getting down to it. Because I think one of the most, one of the poignant moments for me is when I had my first daughter, my ch child number three. And, you know, I was like, what legacy do I want to leave behind for my girls? You know, my boys yeah. have been educated. They've seen me struggle, you know, with education and all of that. But what I'm, what legacy am I leaving for my girls? Like, how am I going to create change so that when they get older, being a Muslim woman is just seen as being a Muslim woman. Like, there's no stigma attached. There's no, you know, there's no oppression attached. And, you know, all the common things that we're usually attached to. And mm. one of the ways is doing it by affecting the change at the beginning. So the mother, the, you know, the wife, she's the head of the household, regardless of what people want to believe, but the woman is the head of the household. And just empowering her in that moment in that she can leave those responsibilities aside and still be the, the businesswoman that she wants to be, regardless of her religion, regardless of what she looks like. And I think that's for me was more, you know, it was it was really important that I started that work because as I said, mm. no, one else, no one else wanted to tackle it. No one else wanted to see these things, you know, up front. And even when I do speak in front of male audiences and I'm like, well, 
you know, Muslim women were a lot more than what you think culturally, socially, and all of those things. If other communities are able to dismantle these beliefs, then I believe that we can dismantle the beliefs that people have around Muslim women, especially yes. the woman herself. Yeah. Ah. Uh. Yeah, so powerful. I, I'm fully, I'm, I'm nodding. Nobody, the listeners can't see me, but I, my head has not stopped nodding. I am in so agree. I'm so agreeing with everything that you're saying. And I think it's so, so interesting because you've already touched on it as well a little bit because you said the role of the Muslim women, you know, and I think some of it comes down to sort of the religious roles that we are being given as women from God. But there's also some roles that I think have been, given to us, uh, sometimes by culture, sometimes by tradition, sometimes wrongly so, that makes it very difficult for a lot of Muslim women to feel that they have that, that they're entitled to go out and pursue, for instance, a career, mm -hmm. and especially one that they build themselves mm -hmm. from, from the ground up, Absolutely. right? Absolutely. It's, and just like you said, it's, you know, it's all that pain, all that passion of starting a business and building a business and sustaining the business. When we look at it statistically, the Muslim woman is five times more likely to fail within her first year than just a woman who is not a Muslim woman that has wow. finance, that has access to workshops, that has access to childcare. You know, a lot of these women have um, parents that are on hand to look after children. As Muslim women, we don't tend to have that kind of support network, mm -hmm. you know? So our battle is harder. And yeah. that's, what makes, that's what makes me drive harder for us to be seen even more. Because that's so interesting you know mm -hmm. I never actually knew that 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 we actually statistically but when you're saying it and you're uh, the arguments it makes so much sense and I'm just like how did I not realize that right and it, let's just compare a Muslim brother to a Muslim woman we know that a Muslim man is more than likely to succeed in business as we see all over the world, that Muslim men mm. are, you know, one of the richest. They own businesses successfully. But then the Muslim woman, on the other hand, she's we're still lagging a little bit. We're still behind, you know, all of that. And we have to really, really look deeper than just the surface of what we're seeing. You know, why is it? Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm wondering actually to to that because that's that's very interesting. I mean, how much of that do you think? I mean, I appreciate if if you don't have like this is the factual researched <laughs> answer, but if it's just from your own experiences and the women that you worked with, I mean, where where do you do you think that we as Muslim women then have to? Is it something that's coming from us? How much is it from? ourselves and our beliefs and our cultures and how much is it from the outside world projecting an image back to us that they then have a difficult time letting go of so a lot of people are not going to like me for saying this but I'm going to be real with you it's a hundred percent us okay right okay look at the history of the women in Islam and the kind of women that they were they were outspoken they were knowledgeable mm. they were learned they were scholars they were tradeswomen Khadija, may Allah be pleased with her, the Prophet's first wife, she was the most richest and the most um, successful tradeswoman alongside being a mother and alongside being a widow. So if we have these examples in Islam, why are we lagging? Why are we still oh. behind? Wow, that's like that <laughs> wow. mind exploding. Yes, yes. yes. 
And then, girl, you know, it gets me because as Muslim women, we sit here and we claim to be part of a religion. But then do you not understand the elevation that Allah has given us as Muslim women within that? You know, we're more than just the the woman who stays at home. And that's why I say it's 100% from us, because I feel like sometimes the way that we interpret knowledge from Islam is very different to the way that it should have been interpreted, especially yeah. for us in the West, right? So a lot of the scholars, they're from the Arab world and Arab world's completely different to the Western world. Mm. And, you know, there has to be a point where, where we have to say that sometimes what applies in Arab world does not apply in the Western world. hundred percent. I agree with you. So, yeah. I, I, and I think it's so interesting as well, because I would a hundred percent agree with you. I definitely believe that, you know, society puts pressures on us and definitely want to hold, like keep us in this little narrow box and want us to fit into this little victim mentality of like, we're victims of our men, we're victims of our religion, we're victims of our culture. But at the end of the day, the only people who can break out of that box is ourselves. So the responsibility will always come back to us. I mean, if you're not happy or if you're, you know, you can do something else, it's your responsibility to do it you know it's not society's responsibility to hand you all the tools and to pull you out of that box that's for you to do so I 100% believe in that as well and I agree with you 100% I think that's very interesting and I think also with the you know mentioning that Islam you know really has given us you know the best examples of female power empowerment sorry not just power but also power I guess (laughs) empowerment and that ability to go out there and do our thing what has happened I mean where where have we gone wrong (laughs) you know it's so funny because I feel like where we've gone wrong is we've we've weaved cultural roles Mm -hmm. of a woman and we've weaved we 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 have weaved societal roles as a woman and we have now put Islam on top of that as the lid and it's been mm. shaken up and down, right? So imagine a jar that's got all the cultural beliefs and all the societal beliefs, and then you have a lid, which is Islam, which keeps it tight, right? Mm. And you've shaken it. Everything mm. in that jar then becomes one. So it's yeah. difficult to decipher what is cultural, what is societal, what is you know actually from Islam. But the only way that we can dismantle those or decipher those is through knowledge which yeah. not everybody is willing to do. So when we talk, when I talk about knowledge, I'm, you know, people may think it's, you know, Islamic knowledge, but for me, it's your personal development, knowing mm. who you are as a woman and knowing who you want to be and the place where you need to be in this world as a woman. That's yeah. where you start to decipher these, these different cultural, societal, you know, roles that we've placed upon ourselves or that our mothers have placed upon us, that their mothers have placed upon them you know mm. and it's 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 really really and i get it because it's hard for i'm telling you right i'm i'm just going to be real muslim women <laughs> are the hardest women right to get to be able to really get them to look at their personal development right because we have islam and we have mm. a way of life that there's this slight arrogance i believe sometimes in the way that we are as women right especially as muslim women are you know i'm muslim i'm all right blah blah, blah. but we also need to understand that there's a lot of personal development that has to go on because unfortunately, yes. a lot of us Muslim women with the kind of households we've been brought up or even as a revert, 
you're bringing a lot of damage with you a lot mm. of damage is the right word maybe not my co- life coaches will come at me now but you know um <laughs> you know those well, it, you'll bring a lot with you from your past a lot of right. skeletons you know right and what we tend to do as the muslim community is we shut the door on it mm. i want to open mm. it we don't want to sort it out we don't want to talk about it we shut the door it will go away in due course but it will come back maybe not now maybe in your menopausal years but it will come back. And it's sometimes more times than ever, it will come back a lot stronger than what you than what you locked away. Oh, I agree. I mean, I'm doing, you know, obviously I'm I'm coaching women now and I'm coaching Muslim women. And I literally, you know, all of my clients, you know, are young women who are working on this self-development. Cause this is one of the things that helped me, you know, the self-development, developing myself first got me back to Islam and it's got me back in a much healthier way, I would say, than I've ever been before with my connection to Islam. And it makes me feel stronger as a businesswoman as a result of that, because I feel like I'm unshakable on that faith. Mm-hmm. But it's the whole, as you say, you know, you're, you're bringing so much baggage with you and traumas sometimes as well. And it can be so difficult to decipher for these young women because a lot of it feels so toxic or, or like, oh my God, can I really touch it? Can I can I question this? Because this is my heritage. This is what I come from. This is my family. This is my background. Mm-hmm. This is my religion. This is my God. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and some of the things that is supposedly quote unquote your God is actually not God at all. It's just miscommunications for years and years and years and years and you will never know until you start questioning and really looking into that development self-developmental part of your journey absolutely and it's you know for me 2020 was really a year for me of um painful growth in Mm. that sense because you lose compassion for yourself within this you know within this society and this world and everything and I mm. feel like that's what Muslim women are really lacking is yeah. that self-compassion is yeah. that is that you know for me how I got my connection back with Allah was for the fact that I had to be easy on myself in order for me to get back that connection because you know you become really hard and you know why am I not learning enough and before I had the kids I was able to do this whereas in that moment I should be easy because Allah is easy Mm. Right? Mm. So, you know it's also an element of Allah is who you think he whatever you think Allah is is who he will become same thing for us whoever you think you are is what you will become so yeah. if the work in sisters in business means that I'm just empowering you to be able to say that I am the businesswoman or I want to be the best businesswoman that there is then you will surely become that then my work is done yeah, I, I agree. And I think it's so, the, as you said, you know, like when you kind of go back in and have that compassion for yourself and take that time for yourself and developing yourself is where you find Allah, you know, it's 100% the same for me. The moment I start like took a break and like took a step back mm-hmm. and started focusing on just who am I was the moment, you know, that connect, <clears throat> excuse me, the connection with self mm-hmm. is where you connect with God as well. Again, it is so closely linked. And the moment you feel disconnected to yourself is the moment I feel like most people also have a chance to sort of also disconnect from the divine, unfortunately. So we're diverting here a little bit. Now we're talking <laughs> spirituality. Not that there's anything wrong with this because this is super, super interesting. Mm-hmm. But I'd actually like to try and move back again to, to the sort of more business aspects of yeah. things. I, I'm, I'm, I'm just so curious about this whole world because so I started 
the healthy hijab back when I still had the healthy hijab. I started that in 2014. I closed it up last year. So I had it for six years. And in that time, I swear, like before I started that business, I had never even heard of a Muslim entrepreneur, like as a woman or no, I'd heard of some men, mm -hmm. but as a woman, I was like, I, I don't know. I don't know these people. Mm -hmm. And for the first few events that I'd go to, it was 95% men. Mm -hmm. And then it would usually be a wife of, mm -hmm. you know, a man. And then there was maybe two or three women who were entrepreneurs, actual entrepreneurs, and then me. And I just saw this underrepresentation. And I was like, where are these women? You know, mm -hmm. because I could see them then when I started you know, searching online, I could see them on Instagram, I could see them on Facebook, starting up these hijab companies, doing makeup, you know, doing a PA, a VA, sorry, for people doing all these amazing things. Mm -hmm. Why were they so quiet? I mean, has there been a boom recently? Have they always been there? Where were they? <laughs> Do you know, I firmly believe that we've just become more visible. Mm. We've, you know, if we look back at the aunties and the mothers, they've always been doing some sort of business, you know, whether it's selling hijabs, whether it's, you know, cooking, there's always been some sort of business going on, but they have been ghost, right? Incognito. They don't want no one to know who they are. There's this, there's this notion within the Muslim community, especially on this, the entrepreneurial sisters that, you know, the less you're seen, the more noble you are, maybe. Mm. And I feel like we've had enough of that. So now you have sisters who are visible, who are showing themselves and say, look, I'm the one behind the business. And, you know, for me, it's just a matter of you couldn't see them before. They were probably hiding behind men as well. But now women have decided to come forward and step forward within their own light. Whether you're, yeah. whether, whether you're with your husband or not, they've started to own the fact that they're within this, this light now. And I think that's just all it is. I think they've always been there, but now the need to come out and, you know, the understanding of we're not, you know, people are not trying to look at you as, you know, whether you're pretty enough or whether you're this enough. People connect more with your business if they know who you are behind it. You know, that's basically mm. we know that's what it is, right? And I think this is what has caused a lot more women to come forward. You have women leaving their whole careers behind. You have PhD, you know, level educated sisters who have decided to leave their career and step into the light of entrepreneurship. You know, so again, there's mm. a level of consciousness that's, that that is really coming about that they understand that it's okay to be a Muslim woman and want to own a multi million pound company. Yeah, nothing absolutely. Wrong with it. You know, it doesn't make me any less Muslim. And I think this is I think this is what it is, to be fair. Yeah. And I think maybe social media and like the progression of social media is making it that much easier as well for these women to stand out and, and become visible as well. You know, I, I definitely feel like social media is giving me a bigger introduction to this world of female Muslim entrepreneurs who are doing everything, <laughs> everything, you yeah. know? Yeah. And so I'm, you know, social media is such a great tool for that. And I've, I've, I've certainly been leaning up a lot against social media, but we all know that with that, you know, that visibility also comes the less flattering aspect, mm -hmm. which yeah. is you're also putting yourself out there for more people to, judge and criticize mm -hmm. and I think 
although a lot of people have that and, and not just with Muslim women and stuff, I think when you're a Muslim and you put yourself out there, <clears throat> some of the criticism that I've noticed you get a lot as a, as a Muslim woman who steps up and who speaks and is visible comes uh, from other Muslims quite yeah. often. Yes. Telling her to take a step back. Yeah, yeah. But then these are just women that want to be where you are. There's a level of, <laughs> you know, of, um, let's be honest, right? We know that the women who are saying these things, they're living through you, okay? They want to be more visible and they probably want to, you know, because when I think about it, you're visible okay and what I love most about social media is that like you said you come across all sorts of women so you know you come across women that that cover you come across women that don't cover but those who want to come to attack and say those kind of things are the ones that are truly living through you because they want to be able to do what you're doing but there's a level of fear there's a level of being not being so confident and there's a level of judgment that they don't want upon them because they place it upon others Mm. But do you think that like that, that having to to stand for that when you put yourself out there as a business, as a, you know, I'm coming here because I, I genuinely believe in my coaching, I genuinely believe in my network, I genuinely believe in whatever service it is that you're offering. And to have these criticisms that that are based on basically your religion you know do you think that it makes it harder because I know for instance back in the day when I first started and I got some of these criticisms you know like oh you should cover up oh why are you covered up you know like it would it would be so many different messages and quite often they'd be opposing each other you know mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. the thing is it would make me question oh am I actually doing something bad am I not supposed to do this now luckily I'm a stubborn girl so I just kept pushing forward but do you think that that's an obstacle for a lot of people because they'll meet that that wall and just be like, whoa, people I mean, don't want me to, to be here. Absolutely. I mean, who wouldn't? Anyone would think, you know, is this the right thing to do? Like you said, you'll question yourself, right? But even if you wasn't visible, even as a business, people can still come and criticise without even knowing who you are. So in a way that, you know, I get it, it can be hard hitting and it can stop you in your tracks. But at the same time, we also have to understand that with everything in life and everything that you do, there are always going to, there's always going to be somebody that wants mm. to stand in your way. There's always going to be somebody. The only difference with us as Muslim women is that we weaponize Islam. We can you explain it. that? We use Islam as a weapon. So mm. should you be doing that because you're Muslim? Yeah. Fear Allah you know you you're you're a bad muslim because of this you're a bad muslim because of that islam is weaponized because if we look at the women on the days of the prophet let's use aisha as an example who was a scholar was a one of the leading female scholars of her time when she wanted to stand and say something in crowds of people and then you know people would say you know shh, shh. the prophet said to them let her speak she so even with that we understand that we're not just there to be seen and not heard we're there to be seen and heard mm, mm. but those criticisms criticisms that are coming is always going to be there whether it's from a muslim woman or whether it's going to be from a non-muslim you're always going to find some sort of criticism right as yeah. anyone knows in business it could be about your product it could be about this the only thing is because now that i'm visible you get to criticize me but if I look at the history, 
I would also know and understand that there is nothing wrong in me being visible. Absolutely mm. not. It doesn't take away from my Islam. It doesn't take away from your Islam. This is the route that I have chosen to take. And so sometimes it's just about tuning them out. And I know it's hard. Don't get me wrong. Like, it's difficult. And, you know, I've had people that want to, that has criticised the platform and stuff like that. And I'm just like, if I listen to all that noise, the objectives that I had set out to achieve, I'm never going to get there. Yeah. Yeah. So what do you think, like, in your experience with the women that you've sort of come across and worked with and everything, is there like, what's your, the number one thing that you're hearing again and again as the reason why they're finding it difficult or why they're not doing it yet? Like, what's the number one thing that keeps coming back up? So I think the number one thing that keeps coming back up is, you know, they just don't want to, they're not confident enough, number one. Number two, like you mentioned, they don't want to be criticised. And number three, the fear of failure. If that business did not succeed or achieve anything, then their face is always going to be um, linked to that failing business. You know what I like about these points that you just said is that if you didn't know that, if I didn't know you were talking about Muslim women, that could apply to anyone. That's the exact same fears, you know? And that's why I say to any Muslim woman that is on social media and is selling something and she's not visible, I'm like, sis, we are not in 2021 and we're buying packages from people that we cannot see. That's true. (laughs) True. No one is going to be my coach that I cannot visibly see. Yes. Yeah, we're not doing that. If Mm -hmm. we're saying that we want to be Muslim entrepreneurial women and you want to be the businesswoman and the best that you can be, then there's absolutely nothing wrong with me being able to Google your business and your name and your face coming up. Yeah. And even if it's covered up, if you're wearing a a, a niqab, Niqab it's fine. Picture with you in the niqab is totally fine too, as long as I know. I just want to see your face. (laughs) At least. Yeah. You know, at least. Absolutely. So is there anything, I mean, so if those are like the obstacles, which again, I think, you know, anyone will like it, men will also have that not just women entrepreneurs or muslim women entrepreneurs i mean what is the obstacle then for women so what is it that's muslim women what is it then that makes it so difficult for us to stand out there is it that whole confusion around the culture and, and islam that's the thing that keeps holding them back is that that backwards belief that they're not allowed or something yeah no and that's exactly what it is mm. Is it Islamically okay for me to be in this space? Yeah. That's yeah. the question that comes up in their minds. So what do you see happening then when when people then go out and do stuff? So I've noticed that a lot of people sometimes will go in and and um especially for 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 my sisters who wear hijabs, you'll see like comments like, Oh, you're just using the hijab to get attention because then you can stand out or whatever. And it's just like, mm, no, <laughs> that's not it. Right. You know, like just because you're Muslim, you don't you, you don't have to use your religion to get attention. You might just actually be really, really good at what you're doing, and you just happen to be religious as well. Right. And what's wrong with that? Yeah. Well, exactly. I mean, some people seem to think that there is. I know. And again, it's because of those. It's because of the you know the way that we've been brought up as a Muslim woman that you know I should be able to see you and mm. not hear you. Or I should be able to hear you and not see you. We can't do both. We can only do one. Yeah, yeah. And I'm like, we need to disrupt that narrative 
because that's not a narrative that is true. Mm. So, so what are some of our advantages then as Muslim women who have faith, who have God behind us? You know, what 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 is our advantage then when we go out and we want to start a new business? Do we have any advantages? Uh, absolutely. I mean, I remember when I used to go to networking events, right? Before I started sisters in business, and I used to be the only hijabi in the room. Mate, that's mm. a talking point on its own. Because people yeah. look at you like, what really you're here? And I'm like, yes, because I'm still a wife, I'm still a mum, but in my own capacity, I'm also a businesswoman that wants to network with other women, you know. So mm. even just even just looking at who we are as Muslim women, for instance, the knowledge that we have in terms of Dean and the way we're supposed to interact with people and you know each other and business-wise, personal level wise, whatever in whatever way, we have clear examples of the way that we should conduct business with each other. We have clear examples on how we're able to speak to each other with compassion, with kindness and all of that, right? We think twice when we're about to, you know, when we're about to maybe embark on a dodgy deal, we think twice because we know that we have Islam as a conscious on us, right? So there's mm. so many advantages that we have, but I think the main advantage that I would say is the custom, the custom experience that you're able to offer through the knowledge of Islam is completely okay. different right can you elaborate so imagine you know what kind of business i had a hijab business or a clothing business for instance now if i went to a non-muslim woman she's going to be clear-cut in the way that she does her things right she don't care whether i'm muslim or not if i ask her can i can she sew longer sleeves on it maybe sorry that's the way i do it but with us we have a lot more compassion so we know that in Islam, we have to talk to people with kindness and we have to negotiate, but not negotiate in a nasty way. So we'll come to some sort of middle, you know, middle ground with it all. Okay, sis, you know what? I can't do false leaves, but what I can do is offer this, this and this. So the customer mm. experience becomes completely different. It's like, for example, walking into Selfridges and walking into Sainsbury's TU. Mm. The level of customer experience that what you're going to get with Gucci is com or Selfridges is completely different. The way that you're attended to, you know, the way that they're going to, you know, even ask you, how can I help? You know, all of that is is weaved into the customer experience. And I feel like this is our advantage as Muslim women, because we understand that Islam is just more than just being a Muslim woman is also weaved in the way that we behave towards each other, the way that we speak towards each other, the way that we conduct our business with each other, which makes the customer experience completely different. So um, I don't know how else, you know, maybe there was a sister that had a boutique and her customer experience was really from the sunnah, from the moment you walked in, you received a small little gift to the moment that you sat down, you tried on your clothes, the dua that they will say, you know, before you put on the clothes, the way that they will make you feel as a Muslim woman was so confident and so beautiful. Wow. Now, when you go out there to another boutique, who's going to do all that for you? Oh, true. <laughs> So true. Our customer experience is what is an advantage for real. And I think if we take time to really sit down and understand what customer experience is and really, you know, hone in on the sunnah, go back to the sunnah and really see examples of how business was conducted, then you'd be able to see these small, small examples that gives us the upper hand as Muslim entrepreneurs. That's amazing. And and I, I don't even think I would have thought of that myself. So I'm really happy that you 
you mentioned that and because that's like a completely new realm to me and I'm like wow okay how, what can I do you know like I'm already thinking what can I do in my business it's true but if we look at things imagine I came through for a coaching session and in the first first session you gave me a bouquet of flowers after I paid you for your services you're giving me some flowers I'm not yeah. going to be flawed after that yeah no exactly and I love it's just the little things isn't it it really is the little things that's going to make a huge difference and we are so encouraged through our religion to remember those little things I was like smile at Sunday you know just the smile will make a difference for most people you know and I think actually that also ties back to what you were saying like put a face on it because it really does extend this this politeness to other mm-hmm. people you know here I am I'm looking at you I'm smiling at you even though I'm sitting behind a screen right. you can still see me so you know there's more faith and trust in who I am so it always comes back Absolutely. I love that it ties well so beautifully I want to ask you um I, we're kind of coming up on time here a little bit so um I want to ask you about um your ambition where do you see a sisters in business in a few years time five ten years what what's your ambition with that and also where do you see female muslim entrepreneurship in the next few years so where do i see sib so i see sisters in business in being like the the almighty hub of data holding information holding not just for us as um, as muslim entrepreneurs but also for the big brands that they need to use to be able to um, to be able to help us and support us, right? But most importantly, Sisters in Business is it, going to be a household name in a sense that I want to be the go-to platform that if you were starting a business or you needed any type of help, you knew Sisters in Business was the one, right? So for mm. me, you know, Sisters in Business was built upon sisterhood, foundationally it's brought, brought, uh, it was built upon sisterhood now i hear so many non-muslim brands talk about sisterhood this that and i'm like y'all don't know no sisterhood till you become a muslim <laughs> <laughs> true <laughs> where do i see um female entrepreneurship the muslim female entrepreneurship i'm going to be honest with you i think you're going to see a lot more rich muslim business women because they understand the concept of building a business and not a hobby. Yes. Yes. And you are the one who's going to help them get there. Girl. <laughs> inshallah. Inshallah. I think that is beautiful. Thank you so much for sharing that. And I, I will pray and keep you in my prayers. And I will do everything I can, of course, to support Sisters in Business because I see that for you as well. And honestly, if anyone can take sisters in business your brand there that network there it's you I honestly honest to God believe that you are the one to take it to that level so before we um, finish up I always would like to give the guest a chance to let the listeners know where they can connect with you if there's anything that you have on offer or a book or anything that you'd like to offer up for our listeners and obviously social media links obviously I was going to put that in the show notes but just for you also now so they can find you as they're walking up. <laughs> so you can find us on social media on Instagram and Facebook as sisters.in.business. Um, you can also connect with us on the website www.citizenbusiness.co.uk. And most, you know, more importantly, hit us up. Like we're always here. I'm always you know, around. At the moment, we are hosting the second annual business um, Muslim Business Award ceremony. 
um, this year. We have our first last year. Um, and yeah, so it's right now, it's just about, it's a time of celebration and celebrating each other after such a hard year of 2020 that, you know, 2021, we need to be able to pivot a little bit. And even though it's still maybe a little bit hard, but we want to celebrate every Muslim woman, no matter what season it is. Yeah, and I really think as well, coming out after 2020 it, it hit a lot of us and a lot of us had to already in 2020 find a way to pivot and make it work because you know but at the beginning of 2020 I was still PTing and then 2020 hit the gyms closed oh well now what mm -hmm. <laughs> you know mm -hmm. we had to do that pivot and there's there's a huge um I don't know what to call it it's it's just like it's 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 that feeling of like let's rejoice for a minute when we can celebrate each other and see the ones who are still standing as well and being able to support them and celebrate their success and their I think uh, their what's it called like the stubbornness you know they're still here good for you for fighting for it you know yeah, we're defying the odds and we really are you know and that's what makes us Muslim women so magical because no yeah. matter what you throw at us we'll still be standing here inshallah well thank you so much for this conversation i really really enjoyed it i know i could continue talking with you for like hours on this and i would certainly hope that in the future you you'd consider coming back again as a guest i'm sure that our listeners would enjoy that um but for now i am afraid we're coming up on time so i'll have to say thank you so much for being a guest on the podcast today i really appreciate it it's been a blast thank you so much thank you and for all the listeners out there um this episode is coming out just in time for you to be able to go in to sistersinbusiness.co.uk and vote for your sisters in business so the awards are going to be given i think uh, a couple of months from uh when you're hearing this episode so you'll have plenty of time to go in there and support some of these amazing muslim women who are out there doing amazing things thank you so much Thank you so much for listening in to today's episode. If you want to connect with me elsewhere, you can find the links to my socials on zarapedersen.com. Before you go, I'd love it if you could leave me a review or tell a friend about the podcast. And if you're new here, you might as well subscribe. You'll be back. I know it. You know it. There's no point in delaying the commitment. Welcome to the sisterhood, babe. Until next time, please don't forget to live in love.